But welcome back to Think Better Soon. The Positive Podcast. I'm Jason Noon along with... J.P. Bradley. And J.P., tell me, what are we going to talk about today? Well, you being the reader, you have found a book that was written in like 1245 B.C. Only 19, you probably... 1930, maybe 1930. So I was close. Anyway, yeah. it's called The Middle-Aged Man on the Flying Trapeze. And if any of our, anybody listening here has heard of this book, I want to know who you are because, I mean, I'm not a reader, so maybe this is something everybody else knows and I just don't. Well, the so only what, reason I, the only reason I know anything about this book is I was in a, in a library in Manhattan a few weeks ago and it was featured in a display of books on their side where you could read their spine and you could see they go into people's houses and create art out of like grabbing these and trying to make some kind of funky sentence. So that was the beginning of the funky sentence. I get on Amazon, order it off of uh, some used bookseller for $5 because I was just intrigued about this book from somebody who was uh, a previous editor of like the New Yorker, the, the author, which we can, you know, put in the sheet notes on the episode. But let's get to the story, JP. One yeah. is a wonder. So Mr. Kirk, you know, he's our, our main character of this story. He's up in New York City. He's in his hotel room. He's kind of out of it a little bit and doesn't really, he's not really feeling it, you know? Um, yeah. so he heads out down, downstairs and that's not really cutting it for him. So he goes out on the town a little bit, you know, by him, by himself. And once he wraps up with that, um, he ends up, you know, I felt like his evening felt a little aimless, you know, to that point. Yeah. And he's feeling a little bit frustrated, honestly. So, um, he starts thinking back in his life that, Life really in arrangements of twos and fours, he said, you know, when life is, when life is in arrangements of twos and fours, it's the best, you know? Yep. Yep. And we, uh, we love the game of golf and generally we'll go out and we'll play two. And if you can get four, great. But every now and then you get that, you, you have a threesome and that is just awkward. And you get two people in one cart, one other person's in the other cart. And oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it's just an awkward. I mean, you don't know. You I'm want to bring them and talk to myself the whole time. Yeah, it's just awkward. So I mean, twos and fours definitely the way to roll. You know, it's funny. It's funny you were talking about this, and it reminded me of you know me and my cousin went and watched the um, went and watched the SEC tournament, and you know me and him were there together. Kentucky loses, and the cuz go he goes home early the next morning. You know. I understood. I mean, we weren't going to watch anything. So I'm right. sitting there in Nashville and walking the streets all by myself. I go get something to eat all by myself. You know, I'm looking at trying to find things to do all by myself. And the, one of the first things I did was I called my wife. I said, oh, my gosh, this is doing this without you is horrible. You know, being just a single wanderer, it just I mean, just a complete hole that, that I could not feel. Oh, it's so hard when you're out of town and you've got leisure time. You know, it's one thing if you're out of town and you're banging out a deal and you're doing, you know, your occupation and your work to provide mm -hmm. for your family. But I know uh, several years back, I was in New York City for a uh, lot fair one year and um, I was by myself, you know, for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a drag, man. So I can kind of relate a little bit with this story. The one is a wonder story. What, what I find fascinating about it is you know, you talked about, and I want to get back to that, that third golfer business. You know, I can mm -hmm. always remember when I knew I was in a threesome for sure on the golf course. And I knew there were going to be two carts. Uh, 
you know, I knew there was always going to be a really good chance that I would be uh, in the cart by myself. You know, it's just, it's a 50, 50 shot or maybe it's a 33% shot, but there's definitely a shot that you're going to be the solo guy in that scenario. And, uh, you know, it's just really is interesting. The, how four is just such a, such a better rhythm. Yeah. And two, two. So twos are good. Fours are good, but there was only four Beatles, JP. There wasn't a fifth Beatle, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. Was there a I fifth mean, other than Beatle Bell at Big the beginning, Devoe, though? Huh? Did they have a fifth Beatle at the beginning? I don't know. We're getting in the weeds there. But yeah, here's here's true. the thing, though. Uh, and we may talk about bands in a future episode uh, after my experience at Railbird. But mm-hmm. as far as this book goes, you know, he's feeling a little bit crummy. And he gets into a cab with a gentleman yeah. named Willie. Good old Will. Good old Willie. Yeah. Willie was from Brooklyn. Uh-huh. And they get into a conversation, JP. Oh, what they talking I don't know. about? I, I guess Mr. Kirk just kind of leveled with him and said, "Ah, hey, you know, I'm feeling a little bit blue or however he said it in 1930. We don't know the exact semantics of it, but, yeah. uh, you know, the cab driver, Willie, which I love that name, by the way, I mean, if your name was Willie, you probably have fewer psych- psychiatric bills, if that's what you call it. I mean, you probably feel <laughs> good about yourself. Anybody named Willie, like it's just got, think about just Willie Nelson. He's done okay. You know, yeah. Willie McCovey. Willie Mays. I mean, to say, hey, kid, you know, everybody named Willie. I don't know many Willies that aren't happy. You, you? got uh, you got big Willie style. Yeah, that's true. I, even Will Smith, he likes yeah. to call himself Willie and nobody calls yeah. him that. It's himself. I, I think about that, you know, so, so we got well. Willie in the cab and Willie tells Mr. Kirk, you know, some of these places we go alone, they're fine for a time, JP. But when you yeah. come right down to it, home is the best place there is. Mm-mm-mm. He goes on. To tell Mr. Kirk over in Brooklyn, because he's in Manhattan right now, yeah. when he okay. gets home at night after a long night of driving, he's got a wife and a couple of kids, and boy, I'm telling you, that's the best place. You know what I mean? That's hmm. home. What do you think? I like that, and especially how he brings it back to his home, his home, where his people are, where it's the it's the the house that is is full of his stuff that he bought he's got his memories on the wall you know that's a that just kind of tells you you know the you you, you want to do life with somebody you don't want to do this thing alone well and what i love about the story too is mr kirk you know he kind of has a bit of an epiphany he agrees with willie you know the idea that these joints these concert venues these nightclubs or wherever you find yourself at they're all right for a little bit you know but a man gets fed up with that kind of stuff and before you know it, he wants to go home to his twos and his fours. He doesn't go home by himself. He wants to go home to his twos and his fours. And um, he wants to get his band together, you know. Uh, yeah. Willie's was in Brooklyn. I'm not sure where Mr. Kirk's resides, but, you know, mine's here in Lexington. Most of yours is in Omaha. Uh, you know, we just love our twos yeah. and fours. Speaking of home, JP, let's kick off with uh, just talking about home for a second. Why don't okay. you start? Tell me about your childhood home and maybe your your uh versions through adulthood and we'll just go back and forth a little tell me about home yeah i i think the the first place that i really think of home is that i can remember being home in my mind was a a small house in um south ashland Uh, and yeah i can remember the basement and i would go down there and throw tennis balls against the the basement wall and catch them and uh, you know, I had a little basketball goal up, but it, it just, it ha- I have a lot of good memories and especially with mom and dad and it, just time that we spent together. Well, that's great. Well, what's really fascinating about this podcast 
for me on a personal level is, um, you know, I, I, I love kind of thinking about stuff and my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter for father's day a year ago, it's almost been you know 51 weeks today, I guess she bought mm -hmm. me a package online where you can, uh, ask, she can ask me a question a, a week and, you know, I get to write. So it's like, Hey, here's a gift, right? For 52 weeks, yeah. which here's honestly is kind of cool, but uh -huh. I'm a little behind. Well, the, one of the, one of the prompts said, uh, you know, what, what would you say gives you the most peace of mind? And, you know, obviously, you know, you and I, we have a, a belief in God and, and, uh, you know, our, our faith is incredibly important. And then when you move past that, I'm going to say the very next important thing is home. I mean, like having yeah. a sense of home. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I have, I've been, and I think, you know, you can say the same. We've both been blessed. We've had people that we've been able to love and people that have loved us. And I think that's probably why whenever we hear the word home or we even say the word home, it, it gives us the warm and fuzzy. And, and, and I, I'm happy that, um, you know, throughout my marriage with my wife and with our kids and we've, we've opened the door to, you know, where we've had nephews and nieces come in and, 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 you know, that, that, that's my home. You know, we we're all together just ripping off each other and just having fun, loving life, getting the most out of life. Well, and I, I love the, uh, you know, that prompt of what gives you peace of mind. I think that when you think, when I think about home, especially the, the home of my, childhood before I moved mm -hmm. to Lexington, uh, that my home for basically 23 years, really, you know, yeah. um, just how important it was to me, how safe I felt there, how warm, you know, my memories mm -hmm. of that place are to me and just, just how vital I think that that sense of home is to have, you know, peace of mind that can really be healthy and beneficial. And so I just like to go on record here on the podcast and say, I'm very thankful for, you know, my home, my hometown, um, the family and the friends and the people, but especially that, that, uh, that thousand square foot FHA house that I think my parents paid about 17 grand for when they bought it, you know, in 1972, uh, there off route mm -hmm. seven, which my mom ended up renaming that road, uh, little Sandy acres lane. So I, you know, I grew up on little Sandy acres lane and the, <laughs> the thing that really hits me now, almost 20 years ago, uh, when my mom passed away, it, it, it became obvious that I wasn't going to move to that house. I was living in Lexington and I didn't need a vacation home on little Sandy acres lane as much as yeah. that would have been intriguing to me. Um, so I, the house had to be sold. And when it came down to getting it done at the end, you know, my mom's stuff had kind of lingered there for months and months and months, but like the day or two before closing, uh, it was, it was, I was cleaned out. I mean, it was yeah. cleaned out. It was empty. And I walked in there and it was like, I had a straight jacket on. I mean, it yeah. was the most, um, you know, dis disoriented, um, it was like that, that, dee, 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 mm -hmm. you know, that yeah. sound like, you know, just, it was freaky. <laughs> it was crazy. Like yeah. everything that had been my, my rock, my foundation, you know, what had kind of got me to that day, it was no more, it was temporary, you know? So I think, I think that's a cool takeaway too, to know that the, the things that matter in that home, they're not tangible things. They're not the trinkets and the little, the little mm -hmm. things that we collect and the objects, right? It's the, it's the love and the conversation and the security. You know, that's what yeah. matters. That's what stays with you even after the room gets cleaned out.
Yeah, whenever you were you were talking about that, I, I you I lived in that house on Skyline Drive till we were like in till I was in sixth grade and then we moved into another home. Uh actually had my grandparents move in with us, so it was a little larger home. But um and I was in that house, of course, from sixth grade until I graduated high school and then I went off to college and and never really moved back into that home. But but in that house I had my grandparents there and there's nothing about the walls, nothing about the construction of the home that that like you just said, that really gave me that peace of mind. But it was just the the people that were there, mom, dad, my grandparents, um, the cuz he just lived you know, like a half a mile away. So, you know, they, we were constantly going back and forth. So there was, there was just so many excellent memories and, and, and the time we spent, we all spent together just was so valuable and full of love. I mean, it really was. I think that the love that I experienced in that home was so abundant, so plentiful that I can take that with me anywhere for the rest of my life. Mm, good call. Good call. Yeah, we've, um, in, in with my kids, we have, we've moved a little bit, uh, you know, where we went from Kentucky to Ohio, now we're in Nebraska. And so it, it's interesting to see because my kids have a little different um, upbringing than what I did. You know, I, I think of a home and, and I was there for a long period of time, but my kids didn't have that. But Whenever they, so whenever they talk about home, you can tell it's where is family, you know, where is that core group that supports me? It's not, it's not a brick and mortar. It's literally where are the people that, that have, uh, kind of been by my side, good and bad times. And, and you and I were even talking about this. I think one of the interesting dynamics with me right now, with my kids moving out, I've got Emily that'll be getting married next month. Lucas is out on his own and, and they're all starting to build their own home. You know, they have their own area where they feel comfortable and that area where they feel comfortable is no longer under my roof. So yeah, I'm, I'm having to let go and watch them. And, and it's, it's encouraging to see that they're, they're doing it by themselves. And, and as you know, they're growing into a, uh, a young adult, but it's, it's interesting. It's a different phase that I wasn't quite prepared for. Well, you're kind of talking about a third phase, if you will. And we started talking about the first phase of when we we're young, but even for me, you know, in the in-between right now, we've moved around uh, and lived in a couple of houses, you know, over the last 18 years or so. Uh, so we don't have that singular one home where all the kids' memories are compartmentalized. And I think we can even pivot away as we, as we kind of start wrapping this episode down a little bit of we're calling it home, but it's probably more just relational, you know, relationships. And those relationships happen in the home. It's not like you go down to Shoney's or Denny's, you know, to yeah. to have your moments. They're going to happen wherever you are uh, living, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I got the chance to go back to Ashland, Kentucky last weekend. And, you know, that was, you know, I consider Ashland home and I love it. And it was, you know, you just drive around the streets and you feel so good whenever you're at home. And because of all of those childhood memories, uh, high school memories, the weddings, the Christmases, they, you just feel them a little bit more. And, you know, those are all things that, that we've enjoyed that, you know, I've held on to in my memory bank for so long. So 
just kind of triggered a, a lot of good thoughts. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you got to go home and, and, uh, and experience that. And yeah. for our listeners, you know, we every week hope to talk about something that's enjoyable and, uh, relevant and, uh, you know, cause we wanted to keep listening. Right. But, but yeah. I'd like to say that without this podcast, I'm not ordering that book, you know, the middle-aged man on the flying trapeze. And yeah. I'm not realizing that that ties in so well with Andrea's question of the week with what gives you the most peace of mind. And, mm. um, you know, I'm just thankful for this podcast because it keeps us, it keeps you and I connected and it keeps us yeah. talking about topics and, and, uh, brainstorming what we're going to talk about next. So it's just a lot of fun to talk about those things. Yeah. I, uh, I think, uh, you know, you, you sent me over the chat GPT about the wanderer and, and I got to read that, which was an interesting take on. Let's on talk about that story as we, it, we may end up mm -hmm. in a couple more minutes now. So tell me about yeah. it. And then I'm going to tell you what I think, but you, what did you think about Cause that, and just let me set you up here. So just as a joke, I know, yep. I know what I think about reading that story. Okay. You may go read that story. It's like a 10 page story. You probably find it for free as PDF version. It's called one is a wonderer. Go read it. It's short. It's easy. It's probably free, but <clears throat> I know exactly what it made me feel. I know what, I know how I felt, but then yeah. as a joke, as a joke, I asked chat GPT to tell me about it. So tell me what you think. What, what did chat GPT say? Chat GPT in, and it's, you know, about a, about two thirds of the page, but you know, as I read it, it's, it's talking about, uh, as it says, the story revolves around the protagonist, a man who is left alone in a hotel room and begins to question his identity and place in the world. So it really, you know, takes off from there about uh, this guy being in a hotel room and he's trying to find his place in the world, but he spends time in self-reflection. He notices that he is getting caught up in external validation a little more than, than what he should. And he also, uh, part of what maybe causes him some problems is he's not willing to embrace, cha embrace change or even uncertainties. You know, he just, he wants things to stay how they were and how they always were. And in order to kind of come out of that that box that he was keeping himself in, uh, he had to kind of realize that there is, is some imagination in life that you have to embrace and you have to accept. So that's what chat GPT told me the, the short story. So I got well, a short what, story about the short story. And I think that those are all valid points, but, mm -hmm. but you know, I've, I've always heard the saying from Jim Rohn that you want to make sure you major in the majors and not major in the minors. Mm -hmm. And what I love about, this whole experience of me reading it and uh, sharing it with you and sharing the chat GPT stuff with you is while chat GPT covers a lot of the bases on this thing, completely missed the big idea of the whole story. Because guess what? It's a computer program. Oh, it yeah. doesn't have a heart. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have a clue doesn't when it comes to life. Yeah. yeah. The whole point of this story is sweet old Willie. When that cab door opened up and Mr. Kirk stepped into the cab and Mr. Willie started talking to Mr. Kirk and he tells Mr. Kirk, like it is, hey, it's great that you get to get out of the house every once in a while, but let's face it, going home is the best. And Mr. Kirk says, you know, he is so right. And he thinks back, he reminisces to times with his spouse, times with their friends, that, that his best memories have been made when it was the two of them or it happened to be the four of them at a dinner party. And just the, the, the realization he has of 
wow, you know, this Willie guy, he's got to figure it out. He's going to sit here in this, the front of this cab. Oh, and by the way, he is, he's been dead for 30, 40, 50 years. So he's going to end up, you know, leaving this earth. But he realizes that he has to drive this car around New York City to make a living. Yeah. But his life is back home with the back people home. he loves. But yeah. Chad GP didn't even mention that. Well, and, you know, that's one of the things I was thinking of. Of course it didn't, because Chad GPT, how is it going to understand what the true meaning of home is? You know, how, how is it really going to be able to relate to uh, doing things in a group? Because AI is is all about, you know, input. And then Chat it provides GPT, an output. Chat GPT is the ultimate wonderer. Like, the ultimate. You want to right. design. You want to design the most uh, hopeless, most pitiful, coldest, least relatable, you know, thing on the planet. We got it with ChatGPT. That guy ain't got a Chat. clue when it when it no. comes when it comes to matters that uh, that matter to to the human life. So you know, as long as they don't destroy the world somehow. Uh, I'm not too worried about him. <laughs> I don't think they get the gist of the story. That's yeah. enough of picking on little chat GPT, but we might do That's that. Every we might use him as a little punch. Yeah, you know? A little you know? jab in there. Little jab. Uh, well, this has not? been a hoot. And uh, I just love talking with you about these kind of things. And uh, yeah. it's been good. Good for you. I'm, I'm happy you found a book that, was about a man on a flying trapeze. I think that's great. I think everybody will be proud of you. But I am looking on Amazon to try to order you the the starter kit, like just the little five foot trapeze that you can make hang up in the garage. Cause you know, <laughs> I think with the, what you got going on there and we'll get you like a little uh, bouncy house kind of bottom thing to land on. Cause I land in the pool. You're definitely a middle-aged man. And I think if I anybody am. could rock a trapeze, you could rock a trapeze. So I'll do, I'll give it a shot. Well, and, uh, I get to see you in person in a couple of days. You do. I'll be flying in. You'll oh be my goodness! Me we, may, we may our next episode. We may be on the same camera together with one microphone. That'd be wild. Live from Lexington. We won't even know what to do. Well, it's been no. great catching up, JP, and I'll see you in a few days. Mm -hmm. All righty. Bye bye.